Today's episode is sponsored by Sakara Life. Sakara Life is an all-natural organic meal delivery service that's completely vegan and plant-based. Their meals and products are backed by cutting-edge nutrition science and traditional healing wisdom to give your body what it needs to thrive. And speaking of thriving bodies, I thrive on products from Sakara's online clean boutique. So I picked out some of my personal faves to share with Dan and convert him. And today we want to highlight beauty bars. Do you love them? They're delicious. Right? They're so good. They're my favorite bar. Yeah. They're also beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. I got to give it to Sakara on this. I mean, just, I mean, all the products are gorgeous. Aptly named. It tastes beautiful. It looks it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, so you love the bar. You're converted on the bar. Yes. Cool. I'm, I'm converted. Okay, good. Well, guess what, Dan? Whether you want to try their meal subscription plan or just enjoy the snacks and supplements from their online clean boutique... Sakara is offering Mindspace Minimal listeners 20% off their first order with the code XOJessica. So please visit Sakara.com for 20% off. Details are in the show notes as well as a link to an up close and personal YouTube video review I recently did sharing some of my favorite Sakara products from their online clean boutique. So check out Sakara, use the code XOJessica for 20% off. Welcome to Mindspace Minimal. We're your hosts, Daniel Ryan and Jessica Yatrovsky. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> so today we are talking about morning routines and rituals, and I'm going to come in hot right off the bat. Here we go. Are you a morning person? I've become one. It, life's an interesting thing, right? It changes as it goes on. And <laughs> because you get old. <laughs> and sometimes We could put it that way if you wanted. You know, that's, that is one way of putting it. And I'm certainly not resistant to that way of putting it, mm-hmm. actually. And... I have become a morning person over time. I just naturally get up now, sometimes as early as 6.30, and <sighs> I don't fight it. I actually quite like it. I find, too, it's it's the strangest thing to me is I haven't changed my nights all that drastically. The most dramatic shift for me, I used to work nights tending bar in my 20s. That was a long time ago now, but you know, I used to go to bed literally at like dawn, so... The last decade plus has not been that, thankfully. But I go to bed around 11 or midnight, sometimes later than that, and I'm up around 6.30 or 7. Wow. How about you? Morning person? You know, uh, God, no. You can't talk to me in the morning, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I I have a best friend. What happens if I talk to you in the morning, out of curiosity? Like if you're in a great mood and you're singing and dancing and doing all the stuff around me, like I'll kill you. I'm super happy to see you. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Yeah. Like I have to take it <laughs> slow. But the funny thing is, is that I've been pretty kind of chill my whole life. Like I remember my mom waking me up for school and she was totally different with my sister versus me. Mm. Like she would just crack my door and be like, Jessica, it's time to wake up. 
I, I would already kind of be awake. And huh. she's like, oh, you were so easy. I could just remind you once and you'd be up and dressed. Amazing. And See, my... I wasn't that kid. That's so funny. I was different. But I, I'm not what you would consider a morning person, I think. Mm. But my mom's delicate voice was not disruptive. Well, hey. But, you know, with my sister, she was just like, Jennifer, <laughs> get up. And this is like the seventh time, you know, you had to get her up. Oh, my gosh. But See, so... I was more that kid. And my mom had two of them. And You're my like a boy, I... too. I feel like Very boys so. are, are like that. You have to like... but. But, you know, I was reading this study somewhere, and this is like totally, it's on topic but off topic, that um, men need a certain amount of sleep and women need a certain amount of sleep. And I think men actually need, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, whatever. I I think what I read was that men actually needed uh, one or two more hours of sleep to restore than women did or okay. vice versa or something like that. But I also think that when you're going through puberty and when you're a young adult, you need more sleep. So oh, like definitely. the parents yeah. yelling at the kids for sleeping in, it's like, let them sleep. They need to sleep. That but- always felt like a fundamental <laughs> problem with the education system to me, even as a child. Oh my God, you like know, seven o'clock and you're at school? Nobody was interested in my opinions, of course, but <laughs> it was, as a kid, it was self-evident. It was like, there's better ways to do this. Yeah. You know, there's just definitely better ways to do this. We're, we're all going along with it because what choice do we have? I but, know. And it, it never made sense to me too, because if you're a parent and you drop your kids off at school at like fucking 630 in the morning, but you don't start work till 10... It's like, maybe that fucks up your routine. I mean, mm. not maybe. I'm like, oh, maybe that. No, it for sure screws up a lot of people's routines. Mm. But what makes me ponder that, uh, like devil's advocate, if you will, is, but maybe they drop the kid off and then they have that time for themselves before they go to work. But like, I'm in the mindset of, I want to be like, kids go to school at nine, I go to work at 10. Like, we should be on, like, how other countries are. Sure. You know, where, like, they go to school the length of time you're at work so you can actually parent your fucking child and not have to get, you know, an au pair or nanny or babysitter or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, like, the country actually works right for the people. Um, I'm sorry. I'm coming off strong with the daily routine. We're going to come back to morning. We're going to come back to morning. Um, using the F-bomb a lot. Um. But yeah, so what I was going to say is that I am not a morning person. <laughs> I'm a night person, but the thing about it is that I resist it. I feel that I love the night and mm. it feels very productive for me. Mm-hmm. But the mornings, when I get up early in the morning, I love the feeling of the morning. Yeah. I love the quietness of the morning in the same way that I like the quietness of the night. Mm-hmm. But the night provides me with more of like a creative kind of um, almost like it's like devil and angel energy. It's like the morning is this angel energy. So I'll still be like really productive in my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't talk to me like I'm not going to have articulate things to say to you in the morning. But in the morning, I have ideas clarity and in the evening i kind of have clarity too but it's like a dark kind of clarity it literally goes with the light it's like dark and light clarity so i appreciate both but see the thing is is if i go to bed at like two o'clock in the morning and then i have to wake up early it just uh, oh it's terrible it messes me up (laughs) and and when i start to think about especially as life goes on 
Yeah, because like we're getting older and like our body hurts and like I, I saw this really funny meme the other day. It was like a a, a picture of a um, chiropractic uh, x-ray mm-hmm. and it showed like the point where someone's neck was fucked up. And on the meme it said, um, got got nine hours of sleep last night, but slept the wrong way. <laughs> You know, so it's right, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like it's like you get so close to that deep rest and like restorative sleep. And then you slept with your neck the wrong way and like it just screwed everything up. So I've been having moments like that on and off. And like I know, like I was I said before, like I don't want all of our talks to be necessarily focusing on the pandemic, hmm. but our morning routines have shifted as a result. Everything of, has shifted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just like just the morning routine. <laughs> I mean, morning routines morning routines have shifted. May I circle back to something you mentioned? Yeah. I just wanted to put a little asterisk on something really on the, a thread that you mentioned about morning and night and light and dark. Yeah. As we talk about meditation on this podcast, too, and as far as... You know, any kind of meditation, whether it's moving meditation, writing, exercise, you know, sitting with one's eyes closed. You just reminded me that there's this idea that dusk and dawn are the best times of day to meditate for the confluence of light and dark. Mm-hmm. And that as light and dark are happening simultaneously in nature, they're happening simultaneously in us. Yeah. So there's this, again, this blending, this like kind of yin and yang, right, of the the light and the dark in nature, in in daytime and nighttime that's happening at those times that make dusk and dawn the deepest, quote unquote, best, if we want to think of it that way. But, you know, the the ideal and optimal times of day to meditate. So anyway, you just reminded me of that as you were talking. That's interesting, too, because like I... We'll try to meditate in the morning, but usually it ends up being an afternoon meditation. Sure. Um, yeah. But then I have this whole thing where I can't nap. Mm. Uh, bless people who can nap. Mm. I, I also find that a lot of men can just nap super easily, which maybe goes back to why like you guys need more restorative rest. Yeah. I wish I knew the science better around that too. I don't. But... I'm in a bad mood when I wake up from a nap. <laughs> No, seriously, it makes yeah, me upset. It. And then yeah. it makes me paranoid because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep tonight if I sleep mm. right now. And I don't mean to be like, I mean, some people don't have the luxury of napping right. during the day at all. And like, typically, I I don't feel like in my life, I have the luxury of napping because of self-imposed things, mm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. uh, um, things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. What do you call things you have to do? responsibilities yes so (laughs) i've never heard that word i almost feel like taking a nap is like eating an entire chocolate cake like there is no napping in this house for jessica like i don't nap but they say like after transcendental meditation after you do your 20 minutes of tm it's advised to take a little nap and sometimes i've done that or sometimes i've fallen into like a little bit of a five or ten minute nap Mm. but if i go over that amount of time I'm uh, I rage Mm -hmm. like I I this the sleep um you know that fogginess you get when you wake up from a nap and you Mm -hmm. don't know if it's today or tomorrow or what happened or where you were it's that kind of zone that really kind of because you know personally the audience doesn't know that I'm just really sensitive to generally everything (laughs) 
So if I wake up and I don't know where I am, like that's going to throw my whole day off. I'm going to rage. I'm going to go out (laughs) into the streets. For what it's worth, that does sound (laughs) kind of panic inducing to begin with, just waking up and not knowing where you are. You know, I imagine most people could relate to that, but I do hear you. But in the mornings, for example, to bring it back to the morning routine, when I wake up in the morning to, and I think I talked about this either on our journaling episode or another episode, Mm -hmm. or how I was excited about how how great I was utilizing my mornings at at that moment. And now I'm not because I feel like I'm going to sleep later and later and later. Mm. And I'm waking up a little bit later, but not by much, maybe by an hour later, but I'm going to sleep two or three hours later. So I'm getting less sleep, but I'll roll over and I'll start writing Mm -hmm. in kind of like a half dazed space zone. What do you call it? State. Sure. Um, This podcast, I'm like a state. (laughs) And so I'll roll over and I'll write in that state. And what's so cool about that as I go back and like kids you don't need drugs I mean just wake up half asleep and start writing some shit down oh man it's like psychedelic actually children are naturally talented at playing with consciousness in ways that adults are generally kind of uncomfortable with but yes I totally agree and when I say you don't need drugs like we're not talking about marijuana we're (laughs) talking Because it's not a drug. It is a medicinal substance. It's naturally occurring. I mean, people will fight us on other things, but you know what I mean. What we're talking about is non-ordinary states of consciousness and just the altered states that happen naturally through changing patterns of breath or states of mind or doing Mm -hmm. exercise. There are so many natural ways to alter states that, Mm -hmm. you know don't require really anything external yeah and it's cool to like ride like i I always talk i feel like i always say this too on the podcast i'm always getting on a horse and riding it in some way so i just get on that horse i had a dream about my mother the other day Mm. and it was really uh, she was dead Uh, i'm just gonna put that out there in the dream and but it, it was it was a kind of a poetic kind of visual and the feelings associated with it just felt airy and flowy. And I, it was upsetting, but like on this level of like, I could look at it from above mm-hmm. and not totally like be broken apart mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just rolled over and I like wrote this piece about it really quickly and um, then forgot about it and then went back and read it and was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa okay i maybe want to send it to my sister but it might like um you know ruin her because she's really sensitive to heartfelt written type Hmm. things Hmm. so maybe if she ever pisses me off i'll send it to her but no i'm kidding (laughs) if i want to upset her siblings (laughs) yeah right i'm like i know how to cut you deep i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna read you this piece about how mom's dead that's super dark um but (laughs) So I, I love the morning for tapping into that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This is going all over the place. Which kind of stuff specifically? The weaponized emotional (laughs) stuff that you're going to turn against your sister? (laughs) We're going to have her on soon, by the way. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really fun. I'm thinking of questions I'm going to ask her right now. (laughs) That have nothing to do with plant medicine or biology. (laughs) You're like... Let's dig into the two of your psyches. Well, okay, so 
let me shift for a second. I would I would like to interject <laughs> yeah, yeah, here, go ahead, if please. I may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my hottest take on morning rituals is this. And if there was one thing that I wanted to offer our listeners today and even the conversation generally, which you've already alluded to this in different ways, and this is certainly true for me, is that if we don't intentionally create rituals, the rituals will create themselves. I love that. You've said that before. You know, so for instance, if I'm not, and I've, this is, you know, I can just speak from experience with this. If I'm in a chapter where I want to not have some kind of structured or formal morning ritual, and I would rather have two hours between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. where I make an effort not to think about stuff or do anything intentionally, mm-hmm. but instead just let it be a free space, you know, uh, then whatever emerges there, and this is neither positive or negative or neutral. I mean, it can happen in any different number of ways that all kinds of either distractions might rise up or important things might rise up or unimportant things might mm-hmm. rise up. You know, for somebody... I guess that the dangerous part of this, and again, there were versions of this in my life, especially around those chapters I mentioned a moment ago where I was tending bar and going to bed literally at dawn as the sun was coming up and had, you know, basically living all my life at night as a young person, which was also exciting. It was fun. It was a a time, you know, it's not a chapter I regret or anything. But just that my rituals were awful. They were obviously, they were... They were with compassion. With compassion for my <laughs> former self, uh, my rituals were somewhat non-existent. I mean, there's so much context that I would need to provide for even my mindset at that time because I was actually training in regression therapy. It's not like I was attending philosophy school. I was meditating. Mm-hmm. There are things I was doing, but that you're still also being a young person. It, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. That's perfectly said. It's mm-hmm. just, and you know, those. Two things, I was probably spending a lot of energy trying to make those two seemingly conflicting, you know, charges or intentions or activities or what have you make sense together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, I was working in a business of vice, surrounded by cash and booze and, (laughs) you know, Lord knows what else at all hours of the night. And then, you know, studying high-minded shit during the day and whatever daylight hours I had. But it was, you know, I was I was figuring it out, suffice it to say. Sounds about right, though. Yeah. So all this as a way of saying, if we don't create the rituals, the rituals will create themselves. So to just be aware of that, it's okay to let that happen. You know, it's just having the awareness to watch ourselves while we are enjoying our mornings and nights and make sure enjoying. we're... Enjoying? Hopefully. Ideally, morning. Yeah, and make sure we're not, you know, doing something that's setting ourselves up for something we don't want. I wake up in the morning. Sorry, I just stepped on you right there, but that's okay. Please, I wake up in the morning and I go, "Oh no!" (laughs) Oh man, I used to let's let's get into that for a second. I used to wake up with dread. Yeah, but I think, but let me preface this audience. God bless you if you're in that place right now. You gotta understand why I'm waking up like this. We're in a fucking pandemic. And every morning I wake up, I'm reminded of the administration. <laughs> and I always think Talking the White House now. Yeah, I yeah. always think it's the it's a dream. This oh, has man. been going on it for like sa- four it, years. It feels like a fucking fever dream, doesn't it? Especially the closer we get to the election. 
Yeah. And now I'm like waking up in the morning and like thinking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and doing the Jewish prayer for that Mm. in the morning in my head. So now I have like a new meditation going on top of the old meditations and it's like sad, but I'm not like sad when I wake up. I'm just like, oh no, you know, like this is happening. But then also because of all the work that I've done, like I have tools that rush in to assist. Okay. So today we're going to do this and this and that. But Speaking of morning routine specifically, we've visited this topic a lot on other episodes too, is that your day starts the night before. So the yep. night before, you will maybe be amused by this. I lay everything out in my room, just so. Mm. Um, and because during this time, I kept forgetting what day it was, mm-hmm. I put on a sticky every night. Um, I have them pre-written like what day it is so that when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to look at my phone I could just roll over and see that it's Tuesday um so I do that I put my water out I put my vitamins out I put everything out that I'll need almost as if I was like a a child or an elderly person that needed everything set out for themselves that's what I do the night before so in the morning at least I'm not stumbling out of bed like oh let me rummage to the kitchen because then that just like adds to my anxiety and my like what am I doing this today so I put some structure there for myself and we've talked about other things with you know the the bedroom and stuff and like setting yourself up for Mm -hmm. success when you go to bed uh prepared so I think for my morning routine or my morning ritual right now like as I sit here is just being able to get out of bed, take a shower in the morning, make the bed, get dressed, not stay in pajamas. But I'm not really the type of person that like stays in her pajamas all day because I think that that is speaks to like the mindset piece too. Like totally. If, That's something we talked about yeah, recently. Yeah, episode. But yeah, no, and pardon my interruption, yeah. but staying in pajamas, I used to do that. Yeah. And I learned from doing that how shitty that feels. Eventually. Yeah, and it's it's really not good. And, and if, if there's another thing that I try to add to the routine is to get outside first thing in the morning. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've not been successful with that the past few weeks, maybe month or so, um, because I feel like that also is like a state change and Definitely. makes you feel good. But see what happens with me is I prioritize other things over that sometimes. So I'll take the shower, right, and I'll get dressed but then I'll come right back into one of the spaces I work in and sit on the computer and just start working or start editing or start, you know, doing some kind of like creative thing when I could have just got dressed and just walked outside, sat on the steps, walked in the grass for mm-hmm. a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So like that's something that I definitely want to start to incorporate more. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because it's like the drive piece in me is like, no, I'm just I just got to get this one thing done. Like there's a joke in my house where I get mimicked all the time. Like I just got to do one more thing. And it's like, yeah, I just got to do that one more thing until I can relax. Now, this is also, this goes into a different episode, <laughs> a different podcast that we talk about. Like Sarah and I have a similar you, joke in our you house. Punish by yourself, way. by the okay. way. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. It's like, and I'm not trying to punish myself. It's just like, I'm trying to give myself structure. Like you can't play until you've done your work. But then some days I'll mm. have, it's just all play and I'm 
postponing the work or I'll do everything but the most important thing and I'll go off my list and I'll be like, I'm going to do all the things that don't actually matter today because I don't feel like doing this thing that looks like this big zit that you just don't want (laughs) to like touch. You know, it's like that's (laughs) how I think about sometimes things that are really important and you have to get to, but you just you just want to ignore it and you wish it wasn't there. So may I ask a question here mm-hmm. we're going off the rails on this the, routine, but. what strikes me and I'm, what i'm thinking about now because listening and i may have overcompensated for this in my own psychology but coming back to a time in my life where you know i was not diagnosed with anything so i'm not using this term diagnostically but i'm pretty sure i had the bullet point list of symptoms of what might be called depression. I don't know if it would be have been worth diagnosing, but you know, I was certainly doing the stuff that the brochure says. And uh <laughs> the commercial. Right. And um that it was such a long process. Here's here's the thing. It was such an unfolding over years between my late twenties and early thirties. And maybe it always is. I don't know that, you know, even things that feel like they happen in a snap, transformations usually have many steps that we're either conscious or unconscious of Mm -hmm. before and after that make the transition possible, make the transformation possible. So I noticed in my own psychology, all kind of self-punishment and the kind of thing, exactly what you're describing. So Sarah and I's version of what you're describing, we refer to ourselves as like avant-garde dilly-dalliers. You know, we are, (laughs) we elevate dilly-dallying to yes. this art form where you know it is to be respected yes and, and like witnessed my and dilly-dallying has meaning yeah and even levi our dog we we talk about him doing it too which he does he's like super pokey on walks and mm-hmm. needs to do one more thing before we go mm-hmm. out or something so you know i and i used to and i give myself I'm sure I do this sometimes, so I don't want to make it sound like it's 100% wiped away from my psychology. But just the self-punishment and self-judgment and labeling as what I may have needed as, again, kind of free time or free space Mm -hmm. as procrastination or unnecessary indulgence or pleasure. I'm also conscious as we're talking today, like every parent who's listening to us is laughing their ass off. They're like, free fucking time? Are you fucking kidding me? So shout out to all you parents. We love you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sarah and I may have a child sometime in the future, so we'll be there. We'll be talking about all that Mm -hmm. stuff when we get there. And it's appreciated what starting a family does to one's time. You can have your free time with your child well, you have to yeah. you have to a- appreciating that's a challenge too i mm-hmm. mean how you find that balance i'm sure is unique to every family but of course i mean this is not it doesn't become irrelevant when you have a child it yeah. just becomes different but all this as a way of saying i may have overcompensated with removing punishment and limitation and stuff like that from my psychology mm-hmm. and i really indulge myself you know i don't let myself you know, i i'm a responsible person who loves his work. I mean, here's the thing. There's also a couple things I look at in my life that really addressed that dread. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is that I feel I have achieved in my life right vocation. And I think in my earlier life, I was actually obsessed with right vocation and didn't realize it. 
and was searching and searching and searching and, and kind of found that for myself and have developed that for myself over my 30s and my practice and everything else. But all that as a way of saying it was medicinal towards those symptoms of depression in a way that mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't even intend for necessarily. In yeah. retrospect, that's clear to me. And a lot of it was removing, just in my experience anyway, I think a lot of it was removing what was happening as self-judgment or what I thought was procrastination, what I thought was meaningless or directionless ended up kind of guiding me back to the path in a Mm -hmm. weird way. So there's a lot of nuance here, but... Yeah. So my question, Jessica, for you, (laughs) is how much is too much self judgment in the in our rituals you know how when do we know we're giving ourselves too much or too little um you know i'm gonna sit with that for a while because i'm not really sure i think because everybody is so different it's a tough question um i think the best way to answer that would be the best indicator of the answer would be how do you feel yep um esther hicks talks about that a lot um like if you want to know where you're at on the emotional scale how do you feel Mm. you know and um anybody that doesn't know who she is you should look her up she's amazing but our emotions are this indicator of our the headspace ran our mindset our ability to be productive not productive you know reach goals not reach goals limiting beliefs all of these things. And I think that generally when I'm waking up in the morning, it's hard to be this like, you know, wise Buddha mm-hmm. and and remind yourself of all of these things because you're human when you're waking up. You wake up as a human mm-hmm. being, hopefully. hopefully. Maybe some of us. Some of us are shapeshifters. I'm waking up, I think, as a human. And I feel like all of that stuff comes rushing in. And especially now to to refer to just what's going on, um, but also kind of let's pivot for a second and talk about how we're both freelancers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our own practices, our That's own right. businesses and our own schedules, our own schedules. And we are our own bosses yeah. and and interns and interns <laughs> and everything else and every other and fucking our, role in the company, our own yes. chefs and um. Yeah, so basically when you wake up, like there's all of that on you, like mm-hmm. that you're not going into a company and you're not part of a team where you're clocking in and clocking out. And there's that piece of security. There's always that little piece of security. And I feel like you really have to generate so much intestinal and internal fortitude to work for yourself and to, to be a freelancer and to, oh, God forbid, be in the creative field. I love how you go right to the digestive with that, frankly. Because that, that's where I feel it. That's no, it's like so true. second brain. It's the first place stress goes. I'm being sincere. Yeah. Pardon my interruption. But yeah, it's really And important. so you've got to muster up, whether it's conscious or unconscious, right. every morning that when you wake up and I'm not telling you that like I wake up in in a frenzy about it but it's something that's always present whether again like I said it's unconscious or conscious Mm -hmm. some days it's very conscious where you're like oh my god what am I gonna do or I have a busy day-to-day or I have no day-to-day I have no clients there was a pandemic 
my practice is wiped out right now. Or, oh my God, it's a pandemic. So many people are needing my assistance right now. So it's like there are so many days that are just, it's a yo-yo life right now. Not YOLO. It's a yo-yo life. <laughs> and and it's it's a little unnerving. And I think also... I was thinking that when I was telling you I'm having like all of these creative spurts here and there that are just coming, I wrote down here, I said, I'm divinely tortured, right? <laughs> so like in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I have to write this. And I just like wake up like the exorcist, you know, without the projectile vomiting, but I'm like projectile creative <laughs> vibe, you know, and like, I can't even take a fucking shower because I have an idea and then I put it on the thing, but I don't want it to be like, oh, boo-hoo, like I have so many ideas because I'm not saying they're good ideas. I'm just saying they're coming to me. Mm -hmm. I'm capturing mm -hmm. them. So in the morning, it's nice to get up early in the morning because you can allow that to flow in gracefully as opposed to when I get up and I don't feel well or I, I, I'm getting up later, like after that, there's like a, a time, I think like Cliff told me I need to be active. <laughs> by like 6.30 in the morning sure. for to lower my cortisol levels. We should ask Sarah about that. Chinese medicine yeah. has these daily schedules that... Yeah, they have all these like Are systems. so specific. It's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and, and it's and it's real and it, it is yeah. totally true. Yeah, corresponds to the systems of the body yeah. and nature. But when I was talking to my therapist, she's just like, you're fighting something though. Mm. If you're trying to force yourself to go to sleep at night mm. and you're trying to force yourself to wake up in the morning and you right. don't have to, it's different. If I have right. a shoot or I have a client or something like that, I have to get up in the morning. I'm a responsible adult. I get up in the morning. I do my thing, even if I can't get to bed at night. But she's like, just do like you did old school style when you're younger. Just stay up until you get tired. So I do practice that. And I find that I've been like really productive by just like allowing myself to stay up and stay up not in a way where I'm doing like quiet, more gentle things. Like I'll I'll do some light editing. Also, that sounds that sounds terrible. But you know, just be on the internet a mm -hmm. bit. Um, do all the things we're not supposed to do at night. Looking at a lot of screens. <laughs> um, I'll read. Um, I'll write down ideas. I'll I'll do some writing. I feel that the reason it, it's a going back to what we were saying before. It's how you feel. So if at any time a morning or going to bed early or going to bed late or rising early or rising late is a you're feeling resistant about it and you don't have to be. Like if you have to be at a job at 6 a.m., that's just the, your circumstance. And I feel like the resistance kind of goes out the window because you're just like, this is, I just have to do this thing. Well, so you bypass that. Unless one hates their job. Right. But that's <laughs> also which, yeah. like a, a, sig, a sig, signal or signifier. What's the word I'm looking for? That's, you can understand the psychology of that. You're like, I hate my job. I hate getting up. Hence this resistance. Yeah, but you're yeah. almost like non-resistant to the resistant because you know you're resistant to it. So you're like, okay, I'm waking up to the resistance. <laughs> My routine is resistance of the resistance of getting up and going to the job that I'm resistant to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to work at. So, But you can make that into positive thing, right? So whatever. But um, So I can't wake up in the mornings in a good mood. That's one thing. <laughs> But I think that's due to like a lot of other things that are going on too. I think something about uncertainty, I yeah. think really uh, can fuck up your sleep, well, you know? If I may right there, 
Yeah. There's nothing really more taxing for the brain than managing stressful unknowns. Yes. Uh, you know, so yeah, there's we live in a time of terrific uncertainty. There are are you know very prominent people in our society mm-hmm. sowing uncertainty in ways that you know, they wanted to to fuck with our brains specifically, yeah. Jessica. So uh, yeah, no, I. Um, I'm I'm with you. There's a lot of uncertainty in our time. It's it's on us to kind of remind ourselves of how much solidity we have because again, those agents are out there. Did you feel that earthquake some time ago here in the city? No. So I was awake. <laughs> I was fully awake and lucid. Right on. When I, was this? Um, let's see cuz I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but this was about a few weeks ago. We're in late September now. Yeah. So like August? Yeah. There was an earthquake in New York in yeah. August. Yeah. And I went yeah, right I on Twitter. It. I was already kind of on Twitter, yeah. but I just put earthquake. And there was one tweet because I did it like the second after I felt it because not to go into it, but I lived on the West Coast for a very long time when I was a young person. I know. And we lived in the Pacific Palisades mm. and there was always, we lived near a fucking fault line too. Sure. Because they... Man, that person who sold my parents that house, they conned us because this the um the bottom half of the house was separating from the top because we were right near that like famous fault line. So you experienced earthquakes as a kid. Yeah, and like all different <laughs> kinds funny. of earthquakes like oh, man. like the swaying, the swinging, the aftershocks, the pre-shocks, whatever the hell you call them. So I'm very well aware of what an earthquake feels like yeah. and so I, I used to get the smite Slight tangent, but I think you, you'll be amused by this. Mm. When I was a little girl, I used to love them because I was like, yay. I bet. No, yeah. I can totally see a kid like having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And so we would get under, we had like this, our kitchen table was like this huge oak table. So that was like probably one of the safest place to be under. Mm. But then they say, oh, the doorway was the best place to be. So my mom would always grab me because it would always be me and my mom, right? I don't know where the hell Jennifer was. I mean, we're going to ask her on the podcast where the hell she was during these earthquakes. But it was always me and my mother. And she would just like grab me and hold me in like that cross position. And we'd be like in the, yeah, we had a lot of earthquakes actually when I, the time that I lived in California and we would get into, I keep pointing at the door over here. No one can see me. But we would stand <laughs> in the door frame. Okay. And yeah. um, I remember one time, and my mom was always like screaming and hysterical because she grew up in Jersey her whole life. She's sure. just like, this is totally, I mean, an earthquake yeah. is so... There's, I grew up in Jersey. There's the no idea control. Completely freaks me out. The the ground <laughs> is moving and swaying and shaking and buildings are moving yeah, and there's I have no reference for it. it it's so ungrounding. Yeah, literally. Literally. The ground goes away and, and, st- and becomes water. Yeah, as, and it's, it's in it. its motherfucking nature. Right, like yeah. and in its and it, it's kind of it is awesome. Yeah. Like the real definition of awesome. Right. It is an awesome experience. But um, wreaks havoc, obviously, and destroys a lot of things and hurts people. And so you felt the most recent one here? So I felt the one here. And I so I get onto Twitter and I was like, um, somebody goes, was that an earthquake in Brooklyn? And I tweeted back at the girl. I'm like, was that for real? It's like <laughs> me and her at like 2.01 in the morning. <laughs> this stranger. I don't know this person. Amazing. And she goes, yeah. 
And then all of a sudden I hit refresh. Everyone, earthquake in Brooklyn, earthquake in Brooklyn, earthquake in Brooklyn. I don't know what it ended up happened, happened to be some kind of like explosion, I think somewhere. Oh shit. That was an earthquake. I don't know. I actually, I didn't look back at it, but like. Well, um, yeah, apparently it didn't even create a blip in the news cycle because I mean, at the time I think. Half of California and Oregon were on fire. Well, probably. this was New Jersey that it originated in. And then we felt the, and it was like a two point something, okay. I think, that by the time it got to us. So, how you did know, this affect your morning ritual that day? <laughs> oh, I was, well, at first I was like, so this is what I was getting to by sharing yeah. this piece of information is like when you talk about things being uncertain, I'm not certain that I won't wake up. Because I live near Barclays, I live near, you know, Grand Army Plaza, and these are places where, like, major protests and things have been going down over the course of the the pandemic and Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm not certain when I go to sleep, and I don't actively think about this, I'm just sharing this with you, Mm. that we're not promised tomorrow, you know, like, not in any... epic you know scenario you know in a pandemic or not like we're not promised tomorrow something can happen and so like the earthquake was just a reminder of like oh yeah we can all explode you know uh some dumb dumb can do something and something can happen like what happened in beirut you know like i'm not saying that the person in beirut was a dumb dumb or the people but i'm just saying that life and people all functioning it's it's so fragile and delicate that it's like one button can be pressed and we can all be dead. This is oh getting God. really dark and we're trying Seriously. to talk about morning routines. Dear listener, how does that um, apply to your morning ritual? So so the one button Yeah. So <laughs> I think in the morning, if you could get to sleep after all these stories we've just shared with you, um, the morning is always to me like I do feel at night like tomorrow is a new beginning. Yeah. So as soon as I fall asleep, I that's get to start over That's the freshness of the again. morning, right? I mean, that's yeah. just what we're talking about. And that newness. And I actually, I fucking love nighttime. Like, I cannot wait to go to bed. Like, mm. bedtime is like my favorite thing because I'm like, put the day behind you. Time for bed. Going to start fresh tomorrow, whether that tomorrow ends up being a shit show or not. And I don't get everything done on my to-do list. But it's like, it's that, that, um... That hopefulness, right? That's been a little bit sucked away lately by what's going on, but there's it's still there. So I try to lean into it when I can feel it more, you know, and get to bed and, and wake up and start. But something I did want to uh, put out there is that I actually looked up the definition of routine. Mm-hmm. It's a sequence of actions regularly followed, a fixed program. Okay, cool. Then I looked up ritual, and that took a bit of a turn. So first one was a religious solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order, the role of ritual, quote, in religion. So I thought that was funny because all because I looked up the definition of ritual a few times to see what it would say. And it always the first one was religion. Yeah. And then the second one was a series of actions or type of behavior and invariably followed by someone. And I'm yeah. like, oh, OK, that's what we're talking about. Right. The second one here. Ritual comes from the word right, which oh. comes from religious origins. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like. These practices, whether you're religious or not, become sort of your religion, right? Well, 
I don't know about that, actually. I think that's worth talking about because... For me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think there's a way of approaching a morning ritual religiously, and then there's the opposite. Yeah. So... But I, yeah. I switch religions a lot then because I go. like to switch up my routine. You're, you're you know, what's it called? You're pantheistic, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Sorry. And I just like hop around. I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. Then this is... Oh God, Google is... Google is such a funny guy. Uh, something else popped up and I was like, okay, I'm only going to look up routine and ritual. And this other thing popped up that said definition of a daily routine. I was hmm. like, really? Hmm. Like we need the definition of a daily routine. But I was like, you know. What do you got? Humor me. Right. A routine is like a habit or sequence that doesn't vary. There are daily routines and dance routines and maybe even daily dance routines. Something routine isn't unusual. Routine things happen all the time. Most jobs have a routine. Things must be done on a regular basis. I feel like this is a riddle. Because yeah. like, what the fuck did I just read? Yeah. But I do understand what they're saying a bit. Then I was like, oh, something that you and I talk about too is like, I wanted to get your take on habits. Because it's like you wake up in the morning and you have like a routine or a ritual that you would do. Mm-hmm. And some of these are... um a habit Mm -hmm. you know things you do out of habit and they can be healthy or not healthy or indifferent but like how does how do you form good habits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right versus bad habits and what is a good habit what is a bad habit i was just thinking along those lines i just wanted to read those to you and kind of bring that up yeah i mean that there's a, a very nuanced understanding of routines which can also be rituals, which have inside of them many habits that can come in and can also be helpful through self-awareness. You know, as we're as we're coming to a conclusion here, you know, talking about you know, one of the last things I want to get into is how do we create routines? You know, mm-hmm. tips perhaps, suggestions, but also, you know, how you and I feel we best create our own routines. And the nuances therein, again, you know, if, if we have some kind of sophisticated point of view of going on, uh, then, yeah, what habits are we building? Mm-hmm. And, th- and again, coming back to if we don't create the rituals, they'll create themselves. Our habits are operating at every time of day. So how are we dialing in our habits? Which ones are happening intentionally and which ones aren't you know i mean for myself too as a kid i was a fidgeter and would bite my nails and stuff like that so those are my kind of default settings that i'm Mm -hmm. always like reminding my fingers to be still (laughs) you know and reminding my hands that they don't have to do anything would you uh, uh, would you apply that to routine as well as ritual like if you don't create the routine the routine is going to create itself good question um I think routine is a little bit, I think of them slightly differently. Uh, and uh, hearing the <laughs> uh, routine has gotten to a point today for me where I've just heard it too much, that where platitude? that word actually means nothing to me now. But uh, Wow, we've arrived at nothingness. Yeah, which is a place I'm actually quite comfortable, so it's yeah. always nice to be here. Uh, <laughs> We're glad to have you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, routine feels to me truly more time based that a okay. routine exists inside of a calendar and a 24-hour schedule where a ritual 
you know, could be a funeral, a ritual could be a wedding, a ritual could be something that I do every morning, a ritual could be religious, uh, it could also be spiritual, it could also be neither, it mm-hmm. could be a agnostic or atheistic or whatever. So, and then again, there's habits inside of all of this. Mm-hmm. We're doing our habits at the same time. So I guess, you know, without wanting to cover stuff we've already said, in a word, creating routines intentionally, being aware, you know, if you have a set work schedule, looking at your schedule, looking at the time you have, giving yourself what you need as you're able to give yourself what you need in the, uh, what you do need in the time that you have to give it to yourself. And, you know, if you're like us and you're a freelancer and you have, you know, sometimes the burden perhaps of too much time mm-hmm. or, or needing to manage your schedule and not having anybody that's ultimately going to say, hey, be here at this yeah, time. Yeah, no one keeping you on track. That exactly. is the, that's probably the worst, being a freelancer. Yeah, you know, that building up that accountability with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then... I'm sick of it. It's a hustle. It's a hustle, man. Yeah. I mean, it truly, truly is. And I think both you and I can say that we've done really well with it, ultimately. So I think we can both be pretty proud of that. Okay. But it's, it's a hustle, to be sure. You speak for yourself. I'll speak for myself, but <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm saying I think you did great with it. So thanks. Yeah, uh, and do trying. great with it. I'm trying. Yeah, I mean here we are. Yeah. So anyway, all this is a way of saying creating our routines intentionally, working with what we have as we have it. Don't struggle against what isn't working. As you yeah. were mentioning before, the idea of struggle and listening to your body. Mm-hmm. You hear it, that you want to stay up later or yeah. wake up earlier or whatever it might be. Just take that information into account. Totally. Uh, like you're saying this and I know this, but that just hit me so hard right now. Go for it. How? Just in a way because it's like, you know, the fucking platitude of the word resistance now. Everyone's like, I'm in resistance. It's like, okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we are. And recognizing that we are is, is one step towards the light, maybe. But it's, maybe it's also just like this way of like being passe about it. Like, oh, you know, it's like saying, oh, that's just the way I am. I'm a dick, right? Like, mm. oh, I'm in resistance. I'm going to just keep being like that way and keep doing my bullshit or whatever it is. But um, yeah, you saying that is just like just giving – like it's just such a type of self-care, right? Just giving yourself yeah. the permission to give yourself whatever you need to give yourself. And that I think is so hard. But like that just hit me. I was just like, yeah, you know, I could just keep going down this path of just giving myself what I need. Like if I don't want to do this thing, if I want to stay up late, if the world is ending, it's going to end regardless right. if I stay up for two more hours. What's the consequence of it? Maybe I'll be a little bit more tired the next day. So what? Mm-hmm. There are worse things mm-hmm. at play in the world. So, yeah, thanks for saying that. And I can't remember what you said even now. <laughs> Any <laughs> suggestions or tips on creating routines and rituals? Yeah. I had a little thingy that I found online because I love the interweb. I love the information superhighway. <laughs> I really do. I've never been there. Huh? <laughs> Bring me there sometime. Um, I found this little article on verywellmind.com, and it's called The Importance of Maintaining Structure and Routine During Stressful Times. And there's a lot of duh in this, but, you know, let's embrace the duh. It says, implementing a structure to your day can give you a sense of control 
can also improve your focus, your organization, your productivity, all things that we're talking about today. Having your routine is about more than just your day-to-day responsibility in your work. And it says, don't forget to make time for self-care. So it did a little, it gave some little bullet points here, which I thought were cute. Um, Having a regular routine can help you, one, lower stress levels, two, form good daily habits, three, take better care of your health, four, help you feel more productive, and five, help you feel more focused. Hey. Yeah. So I thought that that was like a nice little kind of like a starter kit of bullet points. The foundations are always useful. I mean, the most basic reminders are often the ones we Mm -hmm. need. Like you could literally make this into a checklist. Like you can monitor like, what are my stress levels today? You know, what are some good habits I can even think about starting to form? Not making it in a way where it's like making yourself wrong for doing something but just I even think just generating the thoughts around it is going in a good direction like the awareness right like thinking about these things is half the battle yes you know and what we take for granted and this is to your point is that the thoughts even though we can't touch them or see them perhaps in physical space they result in our states they result in Mm -hmm. physiology they impact the feeling tone of voice communication yeah Um, there's really, if we just think of the subconscious mind as the body, there's nothing subconscious about anything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so yes, actually embracing, if not the thoughts themselves, you know, they don't have to be affirmations, for instance, that we're not believing as we're saying them. It's really, (laughs) it's a willingness and a curiosity to be aware. It's a willingness. It's a curiosity. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, I'm pure, perfect and complete, you know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. It's yeah. up for you to decide what it is, is just a kind of permission to use the word you used mm-hmm. and a willingness and a, a curiosity to, you know, expand one's awareness and wash themselves. Mm-hmm. And a work in progress. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm a work in progress. I'm, uh, I'm done, but. You're done? Yeah. Okay. No, Good yeah, for I'm, you. I'm complete. I'm perfect. No. That would be. I mean, in line with being a white male. Well, thank you for noticing. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you'll be there eventually. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think we have to stop there. Just kidding. I know we do. Um, For the record, I do feel... As, as a, well, I don't know, we don't even need to go, or, but if we women had, are superior in every way. I'll just go ahead and say that. But if we had a MySpace page, it would be like, under construction, you know, like the tagline be like work in progress under construction (laughs) i don't know well any concluding thoughts about morning routines and rituals today i think i would like to just say that work with what you got you know if you're a night person if you're a morning person just like use those to your benefit and, and don't make yourself feel bad about you know where you're at at any given moment just kind of Utilize the energy. Yeah. Ride that horse. Yeah. Notice notice the quality of the way you're talking to yourself, just as you're saying. Mm-hmm. If you can, don't second guess yourself, but do gently ask yourself questions. Right? G- gently judge yourself. <laughs> <laughs> With compassion. With compassion. With compassion. Gently, gently judging, Mm -hmm. gently judging. Gently judging. Do so with the smile that I hope you can hear in our voices as we're talking about this facetiously. And good luck. 
and good luck. Yeah. And thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Space Minimal, and we'll be with you in the next one. See ya. Bye now. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-P-A-C-E-M-I-N-I-M-A-L.com. Keep it minimal and keep it moving. Thanks again for listening.